welcome to the Business Success Club. I want to say welcome and you are in for a treat in this group. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. And on this podcast, what we really want to establish is this. How do hardworking entrepreneurs build profitable and scalable businesses whilst having the freedom and balance to do the other things they love? like family, vacations, sports, fun, adventures, and charity. So let's tune into today's podcast. Hello and welcome to the Business Success Show. And as you know, on this show, we like to talk to great business leaders, experts, people who are influential. And today is no other than Jerry McNamara. We'll get that right. Now, Jerry, let me tell you a little bit about Jerry before we get into this. He has run five companies in five different industries across business to business as well as business to consumer. And really, it's a person who does what he says, preaches what he teaches, and also helps business owners to implement these things. He's on a personal mission. Listen to this. He's on a, he's on a personal mission to positively impact 5 million people in the next five years through better business. He's in the right place, at the right time, talking to the right people. He helps CEOs and business owners just like you have more fun by creating what he calls a compelling business that really outperforms and still make it in time to be home for dinner <laughs> with the kids, with your spouse, and have a good life. So when I read that, when I saw Jerry talk about that, I said, hey, we've got to get Jerry on the Business Success Show. Jerry, over to you. Tell us, what is it you do presently? I love your mission, by the way. And um, what led you to that? Go ahead. Well, first of all, thank you so much for uh, joining. I mean, you are such an impressive guy yourself. So I'm humbled to uh, be a part of your sphere of influence. And, you know, as I say, us good guys have to have to stay together and come together. Um, it makes life way more fun. Um, uh, and so, you know, the, you've captured it pretty well. I mean, I've run five different businesses, five different industries, B2B, B2C. And what I found is that it's all about businesses widgets. How do we operationalize what it is that we're doing to be operationally excellent, create low stress and outperform the marketplace. And so I've done that in um, franchise retailing, manufacturing, uh, e-commerce. I sold that business. Um, construction, and uh, now business services. And so I've never been the technical leader in my business, which I think is uh, interesting for some people. But what I find is, uh, as CEOs or as the senior leaders, the entrepreneur, the owner, um, you don't end up doing the doing, you lead the people. And so it's a very different seat that you have to be in the mindset, you have to have context, you have to see the business, but at the end of the day, it's all about um, putting the right resources on the uh, right opportunities, and that's how you unlock success. Fantastic. And, and for, for a little bit of background, over those 25 years you've been working with various companies, you've taken a, you've taken a franchise company from 5 million uh, and ter sales turnover to over 15 million in 18 months. Yes. You've transformed the manufacturing company. You've um, led a construction company from seven million a year to thirty million dollars per year in sales revenue. So, how do you do all of that in less than three years? Yeah. So, again, um, in the first company that I ran, which was the the soccer retail company, 
you know, that's when I, I got introduced to wrapping your lips around the fire hydrant and really doing the heavy lifting of business. And so, um, you know, when I just look at it, people get, get really confused about what business is. In business, there's only three core functions of every business at the end of the day. Mm. You have to market your business, you have to convert sales, yeah. and then you have to deliver profitably the service or product that you have sold to the marketplace. Yeah. And so when I am looking to um, help scale businesses, I'm looking at those three things. And what is it that we can do to create really an imbalance of those three things? Because that's how you grow. And so if I look and say, hey, I can put 60, 60 widgets through my system and currently I'm at 30, then I know that I have a marketing problem or a sales problem. Either people don't know about me or the people who do know about me haven't been produced with the right offer to convert into a sale so that I can then take that operational capacity and turn it from time and space into dollars. And so every business I walk into, I'm looking at marketing, sales, operations. And I tell CEOs that I work with, we are going to try and break your business in one of those three areas. And that's surprising. The look on the face that you just gave is exactly the look on the face that every CEO gives me and says, what do you mean you're going to break my business? And I said, well, if you want to outperform the marketplace, then we have to do something that's dynamic and different and better than ever, what everyone else is doing. And so I just look at those three things to start. Um, but, you know, for me, you know, we talk about, um, you know, the audience and, and, you know, what they're thinking about. I think about my CEOs that I serve. And really, if you have success without fulfillment, it's the greatest ripoff in life, right? And so, I had a CEO that I've worked with uh, in the past and he called me, that was actually earlier this year. I think it was February, March. And he said, Jerry, I just had the greatest year in my life. Hmm. Uh, I am a multimillionaire. I own lots of real estate and I am so miserable. Hmm. And I said, well, I think what you've missed is you've been chasing the idea that it's money that you're after. And it's not money. It's the three F's right? Finances create freedom to create fulfillment. Right. Right. I love that. Say that again. So right. let, me, let me just make sure our audience heard what you said. You've worked with some people who have created great businesses, become financially very successful. Yes. Felt empty after a period of time or unfulfilled. Why? And you've broken it down into three F's as to why that happens. Because yes. some people chase the money, chase the money, sometimes burn out, sometimes succeed, and they think, what is, what was all this about? But go ahead, um, Jerry. Yeah. So um, as I reminded the CEO that it, it's not about the financial side. The financial side just simply creates the freedom to create fulfillment. And the only way that you can create fulfillment, Mac, is if you have alignment of what your personal vision is for the world. What's the impact that I'm going to go make yep. my values. And so how am I going to make sure that I stay on the road? What are my guardrails so that I don't get that pit in my stomach where I go like, ah, that's not the person I aspire to be. And then my actions. And when you create that alignment of vision, values, and actions, you stand up a little bit taller. You, you feel good. You bring your energy. Right. And so that's really the piece that I find, um, you know, people miss. They never quite define 
what is it that, that fulfillment looks for me? Because they just keep on serving the business. We've been, we've been sold a bill of goods that you have to grind and it has to be stressful. And it has to be lonely as, a, as an entrepreneur. And my, my answer to that is it doesn't have to be that way. You just have to choose a different path. You have to get, um, you have to be conscious and intentional about your choices to create the life that you want to go lead. And then you build the business around that. And so um, it's super important because we just have been told like, oh, well, it's always going to be stressful. It's always going to be a grind. It's always going to be all these things. And, um, and again, if you have, be. no, it doesn't have to be. Yeah. And if you, if you have success without fulfillment, again, it's the greatest ripoff in life. And I've seen far too many CEOs make millions of dollars and look up and say, I don't get it. And I just get them retrenched into, well, what's the impact that we're trying to make in the world? And how are we going to do that? That's what's the operating system of you and your business. And those things should be aligned. And then suddenly it's fun to go to work again. It's fun to go make the impact. Absolutely. So the three F's being get the financials right. Gives you the freedom. Gives you the fulfillment. Not only that, align these things. Align your vision with your values with the actions you're going to take every day towards that. And That's I think right. you're right. Many people get it wrong. And why do you think that happens? You know, they, they, they wake up one day, I want to start a business, they grow and they forget them. You know, it happened to me. I mean, many years ago, I started a little, little computer company, started to grow it, ended up working 90 hours a week, hundred hours, right. a week, nearly burnt myself out, lost a lot of money. But at some point I stopped and I had a rude awakening. And that rude awakening was, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. And again, I thought, I'm not enjoying this. I sold, I sold that company and I started in, investing heavily in real estate property to do exactly what you said. What I was looking for was financial freedom so I can have my time back, spend time yep. with my family. And I was able to do that, created millions and multi-millions, all that kind of stuff. But I totally agree. Without knowing who you are, know, knowing what your values are, what is it you really want, what's important to you, you're going to take the wrong actions, which is going to lead yeah. you to somewhere you don't want to go. So I love what you've just said there. Now, Jerry, you not you don't only teach this and preach this, but you also live it. Can you yes. give everyone an example of what you did not too long ago with your family and off you go, adventure? <laughs> <laughs> Well, so, uh, you know, one of our core values as a family, my wife is very adventurous. We love to travel. And so um, last October, we sold our house here in Jacksonville, Florida, and we um, loaded up into our Ford Explorer with a topper. And we went and traveled the country for uh, eight months. And so we visited 53 different places um, across the country. Some people thought we were a little crazy for doing that during a pandemic. For us, it was the right decision. It was the right opportunity. Our kids were in virtual school. And so the ability to be on the road, uh, my wife continued to run her, she's a, a VP for a pharmaceutical company. She worked remotely anyway. And so um, I continued to um, work and serve my CEOs. Rachel actually got a promotion when we were out on the road. And so it's a good example that if you, again, the clearer you are on where you wanna go, um, you can take actions to go get there. And so 
Um, that was the the trip of a lifetime, Mac. I mean, I don't know that I'll have ever have a chance to um, freeze time in an environment where you know remote work is happening. The kids are are out of school and and doing virtual learning. We had an amazing time. Spent you know weeks in Denver um, plowing down hills. We went to Hawaii and and you know watched the North Shore and and the uh, professional surfing contest. Went to Puerto Rico and watched the sunrise every day. It was it was an amazing adventure. And so people said, "Oh, I wish I could do that." Yeah. And my answer to all of them was, "You can. You just haven't decided to take action to go do it." Yeah. And so, there, you know, for some people, there, there is a, a quote unquote price to pay, right, of, of being able to do that. But at the end of the day, if you really want to go do it, don't sit and be miserable right now. You know, I, I, it, it's one of those things um, that alignment is just so critical. And I think as we look, at, you know, right now I'm talking a lot about companies and um, the changes that we're seeing at least here in the US, right? In, in August, we saw 4.3 million people voluntarily leave their jobs. Wow. That was backed up in September with another 4.4 million people voluntarily leaving their jobs. And I backed that up with the Edelman report that came out and said 61% of people are now looking for purpose in their work. And I overlay that with 63% of people in the predictive index are looking and saying they're expecting to leave their job in the next 12 months due to bad leadership, bad management. And so, you know, I think we're at this tipping point right now. You know, I keep on telling my CEOs, you shouldn't be in the mindset of building a company. You should be building a community on a mission, mm. which means you have alignment of the impact you're going to go make, which means you have to be clear about where it is that we're going to go. Right? Most people start a business and never think about like, oh, what am I going to do with this business? What's the actual impact? What's the problem that we solve? And they never get the traction and they never implement values to say, here's, here's what we stand for in this business. Here's what we celebrate. Here's what we don't tolerate. And when you have values disalignment, my experience is people go home and they feel really shitty about the work that they did that day. Right. And they kind of shrug their shoulders. And so you know, I look and say, this is not anyone's problem other than leadership's problem. We have to make sure that we are creating a compelling place for our people to show up because we are just simply stewards of all the resources, our, our customers, our vendors, our suppliers, our employees. We're just the galvanizing force to go do good. And the output of that is actual financial um, freedom. Yeah. You do those things and you do them really well. The, the market always rewards people who do great things. Absolutely. I, I agree. I agree totally. Thanks for sharing that, um, Jerry. Jerry, I, you've said several times now, you use the word a compelling company, a compelling business. What do you mean by compelling? What, what does that mean? Yes. Great question. So, um, you know, I look at it as they're very clear on their path to the impact that they're going to make. Because the foundation of every company, you know, if there's three core functions of a business, marketing, sales, and operations, there's, uh, there's the foundation, which is vision, values, and resources. Yeah. Um, so if we're not clear on our vision or our values, it's hard to be a compelling company of, of I'm going on this adventure and I know where I'm going and I can feel really good about it. And so how do you know if you have a compelling company when your employees say, I can't believe I get paid 
to come to work and to do this work and to make this impact. Because I go home and I feel amazing for the work wow. that I've been doing and that I get paid to do this. I, this is just the luckiest uh, opportunity that I have on the face of the earth. If you get that piece of it right, Mac, yeah, man, you, you can move mountains. I mean, I, I look back, you know, the, the joke is I ran a construction company and I am the least handy person you will ever meet. There's a reason that I've spent 25 years behind my keyboard. And uh, as I told the owner who brought me in to run the company, I said, uh, I have the softest hands in construction. The only thing I will hammer is my keyboard. But I guarantee you that no one will run your company better. And so when you, when you do that, and, you know, for me, um, you know, construction is historically a very blue collar business. And I would say we're taking a white collar approach to a very blue collar business we, our first value was love your people and treat them as whole people. Mm. And so you change that dynamic of how people feel showing up to work and you unlock the next level of success because people will run through walls for you when they feel, you know, I, I call it the, the three C's. Do they feel challenged as an employee? Your employees should feel challenged. They should come and, and be doing hard, meaningful work. Yeah. The second is, do they feel cared for? Does their leader actually give a shit about them? Mm. If, you're, if you don't know who the spouse is and their kids, you're missing the mark on making sure that that person is never going to leave you. Because when people feel cared for, they don't leave, mm. right? And then the last C is comfort. They should be comfortable that they have the tools and resources to go tackle the challenges that they're being asked to go perform. And when you get that piece of it right, you're just, you're off to the races in creating that virtuous cycle and that flywheel of just incredible success that just keeps on paying more and more dividends, more and more dividends. And so, you know, that's my challenge to, to entrepreneurs. If you want the very best that entrepreneurship has to offer, then you have to create a company that is very different than the rest of the marketplace. You have to love your people harder than anyone else. You have to create purpose for them and you have to care for them and then just watch the magic happen because wow. I ran a construction company that made the Inc. 500 multiple times. I, I don't even hang pictures in my own house, Mac. Wow. That's, 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 that's awesome. Look, do you know one thing I love about what you're saying? Well, not one thing, multiple things. You're, you know, very early on in our conversation, you talked about how does the CEO, the business owner, be? how do they become fulfilled, right? Mm -hmm. And you broke that down. But now what you're saying is it's not just about the CEO's fulfillment, but how do we create an organization, a company, where the individuals working within the company, the talent, the team, look forward to come to work. They are fulfilled. They're getting home, not thinking, oh, I don't want to go back there but looking forward to come back in tomorrow. Why? That's because right. the leader cares, the organization cares, and they are challenged. I, I love that, uh, absolutely amazing. Is, is that what you mean by the leadership gap? Is that what you mean, or what, what is that? Well, so I think I, when I look at the leadership gap, I think every business has the potential to be great. I think every business has the potential to be great. And what I find is the leader holds the key to whether it becomes great or not. We either get in the way or we accelerate the opportunity. And so I think there's three very distinct hats that a leader wears. The first one is the leader is individual. Mm -hmm. I have to own my own view on the world. 
meaning I have to get really clear about what my personal vision is and how that aligns with the company. I have to be really clear about my personal values and how that aligns with the company. I have to figure out who's on more of my board of directors because guess what? It, running a business is hard. I've run multiple businesses. It's flipping hard. Yeah. And so when shit gets wrong, you got to know who you're picking up the phone. I'm calling Mac. Hey, Mac, I have this problem. Like, wh what do you think? Right. And so, you know, if board of directors is good enough for Fortune 500, it's good enough for you. You should have it too. Mm -hmm. And so taking people through that process of really getting very clear, very, very clear of how will I show up for my people? How do I become a predictable leader day in and day out? Because when you are predictable, then we can allocate the right resources on the right opportunities with you without you actually being in the building. What happens is when we don't get really clear about how we are, how we're going to show up as an individual, and we let our own mess of a lack of clarity show up, then the decision that I made yesterday is different than the decision that I made today because I'm not clear. And my people get confused, they get frustrated, and it turns into a lack of performance. Right. And so that's not their fault. It's my fault. And so making sure that we are 100% clear about who we are as a leader is the first hat that we wear. The second is the technical side, the things that you do, do day in and day out. It is having crucial conversations, create clarity, the process and systems that go into it. It's just the nature of the day-to-day -day of leading, right? And so there's a whole set of um, of technical skills that you need to deploy to be able to be a really good leader. And then the third hat you wear is the strategic hat. It's really looking and saying, um, who are my competitors in the marketplace? How do we fit in? What specifically is our problem um, that we're solving? Who are we solving for very specifically? And you, you um, are the one that is really allocating the right resources on the right opportunities. That's your responsibility as the leader. And then we have to communicate that, right? And so you go back into the, into the uh, technical mode of, of leading. And so that to me, those three pieces is really the leadership gap that we do not do a good job of defining for ourselves who we are and how we're going to show up. We don't build the, the skills that we need to lead because think about this. Think about the people who get promoted into leadership roles. Mm -hmm. They were really good at doing the doing. That doesn't mean that they're great at leading people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. I mean, Michael Jordan in the US, he, he was the greatest basketball player of all time. He was a horrible coach. Yeah. <laughs> he was a horrible coach. And so it, just a classic example of, you know, the people who get promoted are great at the technical side of their position doesn't mean that they understand the strategic demands mm -hmm. and they haven't necessarily built the technical pieces of how do we communicate? How do we resolve conflict? How do I have crucial conversations? How am I doing one-on-ones? How am I holding meetings? All of these things that have nothing to do with why you got promoted. Right. And so that's the gap that gets created, which is I've promoted someone into a position of leadership, but I haven't prepared them to be successful. That is the gap. And so depending on where you are, if that's you know, the solopreneur, fantastic. I've been the solopreneur, mm -hmm. but you have to have a very clear picture of who you are, how you're going to show up, not only for yourself, your employees, your customers, all the people that you serve, then you have to build the skills. Do an honest assessment of like, I suck at that. I need to build that skill and then go, go, go build it. And then the third is, you know, strategic. If it's just you, you know, you have those conversations with yourself at 5am in the morning is, 
you're charting your path and your day forward. You know, once you start building uh, an organization and the team around you, then it gets a little bit more complex. But, you know, that's what I see as the leadership gap. I am amazed. I don't know what your experience is, but I am amazed at how many companies out there don't do strategic planning. Oh, yeah. Don't bring their people together to say, what is the plan? What's the impact? How are we going to allocate resources? What resources do we have to allocate? And to me, I don't know how you can rally your people and direct their work without actually bringing people together to to do that. I mean, if you really look, um, you know, if an organization of 50 people, Mm. roughly in a 13 week um, sprint, because uh, I look at, at strategic planning should be done quarterly. You're, yeah. you're, you're planning for 26,000 hours of output. Yeah. And some companies leave that to chance and they fret over buying a printer that's $500. And I think, just imagine, like we're leaving all of our output, all of our impact to chance, and yet we'll fret over a small purchase uh, in the office. It, and then you put it to them that way. And you say, are you going to leave 26,000 hours to chance? It's like, holy shit. No, I shouldn't do that. Right. That's, that's crazy. And so um, I just, I'm a big believer in strategic planning and I believe it should be done every 90 days because the world changes too fast. You know, when I, when I had my first business, we did a five-year lookout and mm. I, 25 years ago, you could do that. You yeah. cannot do that today. I can have a year lookout, right? And I'm, I'm saying that's a good, healthy thing. Yeah. As we come into 2022, you should look out onto 2022 and say, here's what I want to be at the end. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you drive results by doing 90-day sprints worth of work. I totally and um, I'm a big believer in that. I don't know I what t- your experience is. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. As a business coach, and that's what I was going to bring up next. As a business coach, there are some... Um, companies who come to us and they need help, they they want to improve, but sometimes some of that that business owner doesn't really want to change, and they are not coachable, they're not listening. They say yes, but that, have you ever had the experience, Jerry, that you know it's worked for so many companies, you've proven it, you are showing them how, paving the way and painting the picture, yep. and they argue with you as to why it will not work in this organization. Have you ever had? Had that situation. So, so imagine this, Mac. I have been the leader inside five different businesses in five different industries. Yeah. And so when someone says to me, yeah, but you don't know my industry, I just say like, eh, just look at my track record, right? I, I mean, business is widgets. I have a track record to prove it. We've been on the franchise 500, the Yang 500, all of the places you'd want to, you know, clip out the newspaper article and send off to your mother. Yeah. Um, here's what I have learned over time is... I don't chase entrepreneurs. And the reason for that is, and I had someone earlier this year, we were talking about expectations. And um, this person who had a successful business was looking to get to the next level of success. And they said, well, I really need you to motivate me. And I said, that's, that is not what I do. Mm-hmm. I may, I'll provide inspiration. I'm your high five guy. I'm a high energy, high motor. But at the end of the day, you have to bring the motivation. Because if you don't have motivation to change, then we're doomed. You don't need a guy like me. Mm-hmm. And so I don't chase entrepreneurs because if they don't believe that they need me, then it's not going to work. They're not going to be open to change. I need them to be in a place either of hope 
They are so driven by the picture that they see out there and they want to achieve it, but they realize, man, that person can help me get there faster or they're in enough pain where it's not going well enough for them, where they say that guy probably can teach me a thing or two to get me to the next level of success. And so my answer is um, I don't chase entrepreneurs um, because if you're not motivated to do the work and and change, then I'd rather spend my time with someone else who is already open to all of those things. And you know, one good thing you said about there, they've got to be motivated themselves, but your whole process actually goes beyond that motivation by you helping them to see the vision, actually put it together, make it tangible. This is where we're going. This is what it's going to look like. This is where the organization is going. That becomes in itself inspiration. Yes. Inspiration will last for weeks and months in each sprint. Whereas motivation, you know, great people who motivate, that may last a few hours, may last a day, then what, tomorrow? You've got to do it? No. So I, I right. love your, all the, your whole ethos around that. Um, if they feel they want to be motivated, you're not the guy. You don't chase entrepreneurs. They're ready to go. You can, you can, you can show them the way. I, so. I, I say it all the time. I mean, someone has to be in enough pain uh-huh. to, be, to want to change. Yeah. And the person who thinks they know it all, that's not someone that I can help. That's great. Let me, I'm going to let you get to a place where you get stuck and then maybe you'll call me and I'm a-okay with that. I I've helped hundreds of entrepreneurs over time. You know, people call up and say, I have this problem. I have this thing. Great. If you need help, if you need more help, let me know. I'd be happy to have an engagement with you and you don't hear from them. And that's, I'm a-okay with that. And some people, you know, think that's crazy, but for me, making sure that again, and this is selfish of me. If I can't make a huge impact in your business, Mac, I'm not interested in doing it. And, and, you know, like you, I've reached a certain point in my career. I look for um, three things, right? One is, are they good, nice people? Because I've worked with assholes before. I do not have to do that again in my life. Right? I hear you. The second thing is, are they interesting enough that I want to have dinner with them, mm. right? Do, does this person have like some intellectual interest I'm yeah. like, damn, that, that person's nice. They're interesting. And then the third piece of it is, do they have the potential to be great in whatever it is that they're doing, right? Because for me, it's just widgets. I, I, don't, I don't necessarily feel compelled by any of the businesses that, um, uh, that I advise, Yeah. but I'm compelled by the process of getting people to better places to improve the world. Because I look at it and just say, I don't know, it never occurred to me that people didn't like going to work, right? There's an author here, one of my favorite authors, Adam Grant, mm-hmm. and he has a podcast, a TED podcast, and you know, his whole thing is to make work suck less. Mm-hmm. I just thought, what a, what a strange way to, to, to present that. And I guess, you know, that's the fear side of motivation. Yeah. My whole thing is like, let's make the world a better place because I've never met someone, I don't know if you have, but I've never met someone who has um, gone to work and said, I really want to suck today. <laughs> no, I don't think. No, no, no one does that. And yet there's so many people that go to work that either hate their work or they're not very good at it. And that's because, again, there's this leadership gap and that it's up to us to bring those people in, to shepherd them through, to be a good steward of resources. And my goal is that every person that is in our care of every company that I work with, 
They go home and when their spouse says, did you have a good day? They say, I had a great day. I contributed to the company's goals. I know exactly what I needed to do to knock it out of the park. I feel cared for. I love the people that I work with. The impact that we're making is amazing. That person is going to be a better husband. They're going to be a better father. They're going to be a better son, a better friend. And I just couldn't imagine a time or a place where people would show up home every day thinking, oh, or getting out of bed and thinking, ah, oh, I've got to go to work today. I mean, but my answer to them, and I gave a, a, a presentation last week to one of my companies, and I said to them, if you're not inspired by the work that you're doing, you have permission to leave. Wow. And the owner was in the room and he looked at me like, what, where are you going with this one? And I said, if you're not inspired, if you don't want to be here every day, that's okay. We want you to go find another place where you are inspired, where you identify with the, the mission of the company, go do that because you only live once. Your family deserves that of you. You deserve that of you. And guess what? We will find someone else who's inspired by the mission that we're on. We will invite them along and they will show up here every day inspired by the work that we do. And that's the thing that happens. People are scared shitless to have that conversation. Uh -huh. to say, it's okay that you want to go somewhere else. Let me bring someone in who is totally aligned because the business will be able to move much faster Absolutely. and will be able to do way many, way more things. Absolutely. Yeah. Everyone listening in, watching in, this is Jerry McNamara. And a, your wisdom is just off the chart in terms of leadership, in terms of companies, in terms of creating great environments, work culture. How did you get to that place? What, what, how did you, you know, you went in, you didn't know nothing about construction, took that company from A to B, they did loads. But what is it about you, Jerry, that can think that way, that mm -hmm. can see that without even knowing the product, knowing the service, knowing the widgets, but can still pump it through? What is it about you as a person rather than your process? Yeah, so um, I look at it as, um, you know, the business acceleration model, which is the foundation, the functions, and then the flywheel. The last ring of every flywheel is learning. And so I am a high learner. Right. And I'm a big believer that ego is the enemy. Another famous, uh, favorite author of mine is Ryan Holiday. Great, great. And so I don't think I'm better than anyone else. I don't believe in levels inside organizations. We all just contribute differently. And so um, I am able to raise my hand and say, Mac, I don't, I'm not sure. I don't know that. And I'll give you, a, I'll give you an example. Um, so I was brought in to run the construction company, um, sitting uh, with one of our suppliers who was our roofing suppliers. We were buying a million dollars worth of shingles from this supplier. Mm. And I'm sitting with the regional director and, and the store operator. And they're talking about hips and ridges and valleys and all of these things. And I have no idea what they're talking about. And I said, do you have a roof diagram? Because I don't know what you're talking about. And I could see the look of panic on their face where they thought, this is the guy that buys a million dollars worth of shingles from us. We are in trouble. This company is in trouble. Um, they were very happy over time. But if my ego was going to get in the way, I would have sat there silently, not knowing a thing about what, what they were talking about and just negotiating on price. But I think in order to be really great, you do have to have a level of context. And so you have to be learning. You have to constantly be learning. I'm amazed. Um, there's some ridiculous stat. 
that after people leave college, that a very low percentage of people read another book in their life. Yeah. And I just think, how do you continue to solve today's problems with 10 years ago thinking, 15 years ago thinking, 20 years ago thinking, depending on how old you are? Yeah. I mean, two years ago, I read 63 books. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how I wouldn't be out in the front of being able to be a thought leader and truly being able to help my people um, without constantly moving my knowledge forward. And so if I, if someone held me down and they were going to, you know, whitewash my face in snow and they said, well, what's the one thing, what's the one thing I would tell them um, you have to be intellectually curious. It is the one thing that allows you to continue to be relevant no matter where you are or what you're doing. And if you have that learning mindset, companies who have learning cultures solve problems differently. They just do. They're more innovative. They're more um, just creative in their process and their approach. And so I'm always looking to hire high learners. Awesome, awesome, awesome. That's a great, great. Constantly learn. Don't stop learning. So, Jerry, it's been great speaking with you. And as we come towards wrapping up in a moment, if when the, those people who want to get a hold of you or they want to find out some more information or want to connect with you, what is the best method, the best way to do that? Yeah, so the best way is just to go to provenchaos.com. Um, that's my website. One thing that we do um, today, this is being uh, recorded on a Thursday. So every Thursday we offer office hours from 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern time. And it's for senior leaders to be able to come together and to say, you know what, I'm having this challenge inside of my business. Has anyone ever seen it? And you have other really smart people that can help you do this because I'm a big believer that we are always better together. And so um, that's a service that I do. It's a free opportunity to just come together once a week. It's for an hour and uh, it's a lot of fun um, every week. So that's 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, right? Eastern time, that's correct. Florida, New York time. So that is five hours. That's UK. That's, um, I think that's 7, 7 p.m. UK. Um, yep. if, for those of you who are in Singapore and Malaysia, that's 2 a.m. in the morning. But we, 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 you know, you could always jump in. This Jerry's a great guy. Um, for those of you in Europe, okay, it's one hour difference, about 7, 8, 8, 8 p.m. for you. So, yeah, check him out. This is Jerry McNamara. Great talk, great conversation we've just had. Jerry, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you, thank you, thank you back. I, I appreciate you, man. You're most welcome. And remember, check out Jerry at provenchaos.com. And remember to like this podcast, share this podcast, or subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube. And just like it, share it, make a comment. Let us know what you liked about it, what you want more of, and we'll be there to help you. So Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Business Success Show with me, Matt Catram, and Jerry McNamara. Jerry, until we speak again, good, God bless, take care, much love, and continue doing what you're doing. Thank you, Mac. You're most, you're most welcome, most welcome.